plus minus. Curry, way down to Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Hey, driving again. Oh, me. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. Do you hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a uh, 11 and 11 mediocre edition of the Warriors Plus Minus podcast. Um, you know, Tim Kawakami and Marcus Thompson are with me. Is that this podcast will generally have an optimistic tone to it? I do think the Warriors have solved a lot of their early season issues, but solving late game, you know, road, uh, I guess, wins is not one of them. They lost again in Dallas because they just didn't you know, beat a team down the stretch. And uh, what was your guys' biggest takeaway? Probably, it probably is coming. I know you wrote about it, Tim, but generally larger picture takeaway from from that loss. They play well against a, a good team, and or they didn't play well against a good team and still had a chance to win. I didn't, I felt I didn't mind this one that much. They didn't get much from anybody. Except for Jonathan Kaminga. Well, they got the bench, right? I mean. The bench saved him. Like, it's, it's it was crazy. Uh and in the end, they probably still should have won that game, right? If they if they just played smarter. Uh, but if Steph and Clay are shooting like that, you're not, you're not, chances are you're not winning anyway. But they were they were in that thing that that to me was a a pretty good sign. If, if they weren't one and nine on the road, we wouldn't think about this at all. This looked like a two, a road sir. Game they, they got their second normally. big big win in Minnesota. That big Minnesota win. You're for, you're not counting that one. Oh, two. That's right. Oh, <laughs> don't geez. you forget about that one. Because Tim Kawakami was just telling me how that one don't count, <laughs> and this one does. So I kind of wiped it out. But to me, it was a it was a, 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 a acceptable road loss, even though it does highlight some of their closing issues. I just feel like if Steph or Clay make one or two more shots, they're fine. And if that's the reason they lost, then you got to just be comfortable with that. Yeah, I think the two things are that were not there in the beginning of the season where the defense was still okay. I mean, it's not like Dallas was making a ton of shots. Maybe they did towards the end, but when they when the starters were getting thrashed, I think Dallas was shooting like thirty eight percent. It's just that they the Warriors starters could not make a shot. Clay could not make a shot. Kavon Looney was the offensive fulcrum, which was was always interesting. But the defense was okay, fine, solid. You know, Luca torches them. Luca, them, Luca's going to do that. You know, five times. You know, fifteen times a year, I should say, twenty times a year. He's just going to do that. And the second unit was. I mean, we've talked a million times about this, but the second was good. I mean, it wasn't like hold the fort. The second unit was how they got back into the game. So if you you plot those two things, if those th- two things continue throughout the season. As Steph was saying about the second unit, they're going to be a good team if they just get that. Now, we don't know that that's what's going to continue, but the fact that it happened on the road, even with the starters giving up a 17-point, I mean, just getting thrashed by 17 points, not all the starters, but within that mix of the first few minutes of the first first quarter, and they fought back and had a chance to win when, when Clay couldn't make a shot, had one weird flinch with the shot. Slater, what was that? It looked like he kind of like misfired out of his hands. He was going up and like kind of slipped. And the crazy thing is then he, I mean, it was an ugly broken play, but then it ends in Jordan Poole's hands for a wide open corner three with under a minute left to take the lead. Like that's a, that's a shot at the end of that type of possession you want. Jordan Poole's not hitting shots. We'll get to that. But, you know, to me, 
I'm not worried. They've shown who they are, like at their core, late in games, late in playoff games. But you know, they're four and seven now, and like really, you know, crunch time games. They have the loss in Charlotte, which was really bad. Blow the four point lead late. You know, Steph blames himself for the hero shots. Um, you have two points in the final five minutes in Miami. He took Should've another one. Should have won that game. So there's two. Orlando, you let Jalen Suggs, you know, maybe, maybe you'd say Jalen Suggs hit two threes. You give him those threes because he never hits threes. But, you know, you got outplayed by the magic down the stretch. Clay Thompson misses a runner at the buzzer to win. That's three games. Uh, Sacramento got outplayed by Fox and Sabonis down the stretch. And Dallas, yeah, last and night. Denver at home, right? Denver at home was sort of like that. Too, yeah, right? their only yeah. home loss. But if was you sort just like include those five road games I mentioned and say win three of those, right? You should at least, you know, considering who they are, you would expect them to close three of those games. They would instead right now be fourteen and eight instead of eleven and eleven. Fourteen and eight's the two seed right now in the West. You know, that's like it does feel weird. They're, they lose a game and we're like, yeah, you know what? Then, you know, that's not what you're like for us to talk like that, uh, or for themselves to talk like that, but. They are playing better. They there are absolutely fundamental things that they're not doing right. And that late game thing, you know, whatever it is, they have some issues. So most of it, I think, is just shots going down. Which when, when it's not this simple, but when Clay's making shots, they don't lose. Usually, they lost one or two, but usually. And when Clay's not making shots, because that's where the ball ends up at the end of the game a lot, right? It just does. It did for the final shot. I think Steve drew that up for Clay. You okay with Steve drawing it up for Clay who could make eh, a shot? You know, uh, he's going to get the shot because they're all going to be swarming stuff. Like, that's just going to happen. So That's as you know, good a shot as you can ask for in that situation. Clay Thompson wide open to the point that Jason Kidd, who I think I believe historically is a, a foul, you know, you know, foul up three type coach. They didn't have anyone close enough to Clay to foul him. So for him to get that shot, that's as good as you can ask for. It was a mosh pit right there at the, on the other side because everybody got stuck over there with the action with Steph. And Clay got the ball. Great inbounds pass and just didn't make it. But, uh, you know, the ball's going to end up in Clay's hands a lot. Side note, Clay can't set that same screen. Are they going to react to it the same way? It's Clay Thompson here. Like it's- I, I agree with a lot of it. But, man, does Steph ever get that open at the end of games? Like, ever? I'm just curious. Steph set a screen and they did they didn't get over the screen. Yeah, because like, partly because they're like, uh, we don't want to They don't want to get over the screen. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm just curious, like if it's Clay Thompson, they don't I guess if he's if it's Clay on the move running, they're probably they're not as worried as they are with Steph on the move. It feels like he's a shooter too, the same theory of lies. He set a screen, they they don't want to leave you. I'll just say Clay seems to get open in that stuff, and I don't remember Steph. Maybe once or twice, get you know, running a play to get Steph an inbounds play where he's got to catch. It's and not shoot. happening. It just doesn't it's happen because def- defenses react to him so differently. Maybe Steve Kerr, the ultimate arbiter of travels and the need to you know punish those who travel over the years, decided, hey, Steph Kerr, you've traveled twice in key <laughs> situations here. We don't want Can't you to trust travel you, a Steph. third time. Can't trust you, Steph. Use those busy feet to go go screen somebody. You know, again, I, it just the ball's going to find Clay. However, it happens, it found him a few times in this game, and one of them he hit right. He hit the one that that uh, a huge one with about a minute and a half left. So did Kaminga, by the way. I think that stuff, I they, they can figure that stuff out. There's the, the that's the problems with Agreed. getting down yeah. seventeen and fighting your, you know, all the way back, playing so well to get back, get a lead, lose the lead late. And then you you got within three, and it's just you can't count on those plays. You just can't. Maybe they can in the playoffs, maybe they can't. But 
the rest of the stuff they guys got to play elevate their play a little here a little there and they're fine i mean i, I would i was counting it as a loss by the way when they were down seven like this if the starters get beat like that they can't win i just on the road they in my mind they can't win when the starters get beat like that early and they almost won so it it, it, it just kind of flipped over a lot of things we're thinking about this team and they need to do stuff like that they need to believe in the second unit they need to believe that if they get down early they can still come back and we know they can theoretically they haven't done it this season and this time they got right back in them to me they weren't going to solve all their problems in like a week you know they still have some things but if they make progress they're good but i mean it's an incredible 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 road loss if you've discovered kaminga <laughs> right like that the whole road to trip, me, that's I mean, a pretty big win. If nobody will care about this loss in March, if Kaminga is now unlocked and he has full, nobody faith will in, care about the first twenty-one games. If yeah, Kaminga exactly. Right? It's like if, right? if, if 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 he's earned the full faith and trust of this team and the coach, and and he's now part of that regular rotation, or at least on the path to where it's like he won't be getting DMP'd again. That, that's to me, that's a big win. That, that's a huge win for them. The only reason why I would be like, you know, I'm I am hesitant is because I remember the Chicago this game happened before, Ch- and yep. he gave no question at <laughs> Chicago last year. I'm looking at the box yeah. score now: 25 points on 10 of 12 shooting on a Friday night, like marquee game against a Bulls team who at the time was like, you know, they're the one seed in the East, like they were being super hyped up. They'd just been blown out in Milwaukee. This was actually the same road trip where they sent Kaminga down to a G League game in Mississippi because right near Memphis. And he was, it was like an infamous moment for them, like how much he did not try at all, didn't run the floor. They kind of scolded him for it, didn't play him in Memphis, let him get some garbage time in Milwaukee, and suddenly he was sprinting up and down the floor. He played good in, in, in mop-up duty, so they put him in the rotation in Chicago, and he was awesome. He just exploded. That is when Steve Kerr mentioned the Marion comparison that I know I've brought up a few times. I mean, we remember it as part of the reason I know, Tim, you've been high on him. Is like there were long stretches last season where he – looked kind of like this right and maybe i'm just just you know changing it in my in my memory i don't think it was quite like this it was like that was more him doing stuff and, and they needed him to do stuff and they kind of like yeah go go do some things kind of like you know go do that spin move and, and go hit some you know he, they never say go they hit had some him threes, guard some he, good players last yes year, yes he's always guarding the tough players and that's a sign of respect and you know was some indication that they can keep playing them this is a little bit more movement. Like a couple of times I just saw him like go screen somebody. And I thought I hadn't really seen him do that. Like just find a moment, find a spot where Steph's going to come kind of anticipate. He's not doing the Draymond Looney anticipation, but a little bit. And it just seems to be fitting into more what they do. They're, you know, they're, they're playing him with Steph. They're giving him Steph minutes. And then when he expands, it's the second unit minutes. It's, it's just like, this is the stuff when Kerf, is feeling it with a player not like you go let's little five minute pocket and and you do what you do and then we'll change back to who we are when you're out it's like he's fitting with it and we know steve like this could change i mean there's that's what i wrote like we all know this could change but if the foundation starts with steve kerr thinking you know what this guy can play with steph and draymond and in fact he can play like that even if steph and draymond out aren't out there is a huge deal and i just think it just feels like this and some people i've talked to it was a couple days ago when they were here, but it really feels like there's a split off happening where there's the guys who can play with Steph and Draymond with this team, and there's guys who can't. And we can talk about the guys who can't, or who at least who aren't, and one of them is in Santa Cruz. 
And, and you can read about how the guys who can <laughs> can play with Steph. Yeah. Yeah. Marcus absolutely the companion piece was was showing exactly <laughs> how you can. And maybe I did the little bit of how you can't. But Kaminga's the kind of... Oh, we talk rare. about my story. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Marcus story. The Marcus freaking <laughs> solid story. I was talking about... Story. I thought we were talking about a different one. Yeah, but... Uh, it's, different publication, my <laughs> bad. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure. They seem, those two seem similar. Uh, but uh, Kaminga's doing the rare thing, like kind of moving from one category to the other. I kind of wanted to get in that. I just got caught in a lot of different things, but... Like what I've heard from Warriors people, and we've—I think we've all heard—like you can tell guys who who can play, and you can tell guys who can't play. Like it's not very tough to like see it in a game or two. And Kaminga's kind of moving from one category. That's all. Kaminga's kind of moving from one category to the other, and that's very interesting. But and I don't want to, you know, send us down a, a different rabbit hole here. But like I think Moody can play with Steph personally. <laughs> I, I I thought that too. I'm now beginning but to I think, think this Kaminga thing is giving yeah. Moody the blueprint. Like yes, the unique yes. thing about Kaminga is you don't see guys who can't, I'm doing air quotes, become guys who can play with Steph, right? It's normally It's not many of them, yeah, not many. Yeah, so I feel like if if Jonathan Kaminga can do it, the guy Moody feels like a natural. But the question is it was Kaminga somebody who actually couldn't play? You with know Steph. what I would say about Kaminga. I'm not sure he was ever a guy who couldn't. I think he was a guy who didn't necessarily want to play. That yeah, way. yeah. It's the mentality. Yeah, it's definitely the mindset. And it's like, do I just want to be GP two? Am I okay being GP two? He's drafted seventh. His guys around him are playing Franz Wagner and all the. By the way, seventh in a disappointing way, right? He's probably like, man, I should have been like. Yeah. He was considered yeah. to be oh. among those top five in that. Yeah, class. he wanted to be second. He wanted to be second or third. His buddy. Had yeah, really, he failed to you know, seven. Yeah, but at some point you got to figure. I mean, he's playing in the finals, right? At nineteen years old, second youngest guy to ever win a championship. But I get it. You have to think through it. And he was always. The, I mean, Moody was the guy we always thought something's gone on there. The more I think about it. I can start to think of, you know, I've talked to a few people and it's not that they think Moody can't do it. It's just that he's not doing it. And if the mindset is that, you know, after going through a championship season, that's a little problematic and, and maybe curse tougher on him than any of us thought or, or expected. But there's a reason. And I think he's going to get minutes. You know, the lamb minutes could be, you know, could be turned into Moody minutes. And with the you know with the two way contract, eventually they're, they're going to have to get somebody to play those minutes because he can't keep playing Lamb like this. But there's stuff he's not. He's, he's, he's Steve talked about it a little bit. Like it's the turnovers, it's the fouling, and if you keep doing it after Steve says don't do it, he's not going to play him anymore. And this is a guy he likes. This is a guy that he, he talked all last season, right? That that's the guy. Moses Moody gets it. That's the guy who gets it. And if you go from that to not getting it. Even though he's young, it's it's pretty telling, and the people in that locker room notice and don't disagree. That's I think pretty interesting. They don't disagree. Not like never play Moses Moody, but it's there's a reason why Moses Moody's not playing. I think he was a victim of like just bad lineup combinations early in the season when Steve Kerr's experimenting and like Wiseman's being thrust in there. Jermichael Green's at the four. I, you know, he was a victim of that somewhat. I do think some of the mistakes you've talked about, you know, he hasn't blossomed as much as you'd want. But also, they've just found the combination they do like, and he's not part of it. So I think yep, that's kind yep, of that's part of it. Yeah, absolutely. It almost feels like a Kaminga or Moody, but it really it was Kaminga or Wiseman. I mean, that's what it that's what it was, and Kaminga by far 
has won that out. And then it feels like Kaminga or Moody, and like Kirk just isn't going to play. Shouldn't it be like Moody or Divincenzo or no Divincenzo? Well, we playing. know who's winning like, that been, one, yeah. Mike. Yeah, Divincenzo's playing. That's like that was the spot, but it's not. At like, what point do they put Anthony Lamb on the roster, full roster, or do they just ride this out? I think you ride it out towards his fifty-game limit, and you know once that gets near, you start thinking about it more and. You probably don't put him on until you have to, like towards like the late last game of the regular season. To be honest, I mean, just because everything becomes prorated, you know, tax wise. If you put a fifteenth man on your roster on the last day of the regular season, you're basically paying no tax. You're basically getting it for free. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like you're getting it for free instead of eight million dollars. And you probably, you know, who knows if he'd agree to this, but this is what they did with Peyton, right? You get him. Uh, last day of the regular season, and then a non-guaranteed like minimum for next year, and then you can decide in the summer if you if you want to keep him around. So that would be probably their ideal way to do that. They need either Moody playing or someone else. They need to add someone else because there's going to be injuries, right? They're doing this, and they really have an experience. You know, Defensenzo was out for a while, but like who's like they haven't dealt with any injuries, and and you know that's Clay, Steph, Draymond. And I guess Iguodala is coming back. I mean, Looney, jeez, he's Looney. Like, I mean, they, I think they need another player. Iron Man. Yeah, it's it, it's just like set up for them to need another player, and I think they know they need another player. They just they're playing it out for now. This you know the twenty game mark, and then they'll go another ten and evaluate it from there. I do think they need another, and they need either Moody to really start playing, or they need another player or or two. And I don't think they're completely, you know, ignoring that. I, I think there, there's a sense that they do, they do want another player. They'd say a few, right? I mean, especially looking at the Rollins spot, the, the Baldwin spot, at this point, the Wiseman spot. Well, I mean, what's going to happen with James Wiseman at this point? He's been down in the G League for 14 days. It has not been a spectacular stint down there. The, you know, the, I think that the numbers are fine, but if you actually watch the tape, it's the same mistakes that ca- you're keeping him out of the rotation. There's pretty much no way to believe that they bring him up and he would be so improved that he can be a rotation uh, you know, player on this team right now. What possibly – what's the answer here? I mean, at this point, they're just kind of kicking the can down the road while while the big team plays better. Is yeah. there an answer? MT, <laughs> what's your answer? I mean, the answer is the, – the answer Bob Myers is hoping for is that at some point he could come be good enough to be a backup center. And until then, he stays in Santa Cruz, I guess. There's no... Or an injury. Or an injury. Yeah, obviously, yeah, injury. But you think they pulling him up? If somebody, if Looney gets hurt, you think they pulling him up? At least for now. You know, at least for now. The one thing I would say is if Wiseman does, you know, me, you know, grow in some areas that he needs to and, and leaps a little bit ahead, it's not like Jermichael Green is just like, you can't play him, you know. You can't play somebody over Jermichael Green. I mean, as the rotation is working with Jermichael Green right now, but he doesn't seem to be doing anything that's like you wouldn't feel comfortable leaping somebody ahead of him if it had been earned. The problem is it is not earned at this point. Yeah, and he plays a different style. And I've been a Wiseman supporter. I've said you can't get rid of him. I've said that he has unique talents that maybe, you know, in a post-Steph, post-Ramon universe – this guy can be pretty good. I just think now those guys are playing so well. They've extended this time that you, it, it, you can't just say, oh, yeah, we'll save them for when Steph and Draymond aren't the main guys anymore. I just don't think he can do that. And I've been writing about this for a while now. 
I just don't think he fits on this team, and it's a it's a harsh assessment. MT, I don't know if I f- hear any disagreements about that to, around the organization. Uh, maybe one spot, and that twelve point one million next season is humongous. And if there's any way that they're going to keep Draymond and, and they have to at and, this yeah, point. I don't know how Wiseman fits with that in, in a lot of different ways. Again, I'm the person who was like, hey, play Wiseman and Kaminga. Those are your guys. I think we've seen enough. It's only been 50 games. But again, they can't get more than 50 games because he can't play. Like, that, There's a reason why it's 50 games. It's just not working with him. And every single day you go on with him, it, he, get, he decreases in value. That 12.1 comes up larger. And we know what that means with a luxury tax. Like, I just don't think he's going to be a, a player for the Warriors. I mean, he might pop back up, get some cameo stuff, and he might look good and look bad, the same old Wiseman stuff that he was as a rookie. The stuff stuff is just too powerful. It's just like he can't... And it's not like... And this was a point that was made to me very, very directly. It's like, that doesn't mean, like, he's just only... You know, if you play like this, you can only play for the Warriors, and then you go somewhere else, you could be great because... Just because you didn't fit with Steph, you can play great. Like, there are guys who are out of the league who can't play. Like, it's not like guys have been bad with the Warriors and then so- go somewhere else and they're great. That hasn't, like, Pascal, I, I don't want to bang I would on say Eric Kelly Pascal, Oubre what, has always fit better. But he's elsewhere. the same. Yeah, but he's the same. Like, he's the same. He's not, like, this good player. It does work better. Like, on a losing yeah, team. Yeah, like, he, he's team. had a good yeah. year in Phoenix. He, to, you know, he was good enough in Charlotte where he had a non guaranteed, like, pretty you know, hefty price tag, and they kept him around. I mean, he starts. He hits a lot of threes. He's I think not he's top a bad, ten. He, he's in not a bad NBA player. He's not a great NBA player. He's just particularly bad in the Warriors system. I just don't know that James Wiseman is going to be a good NBA player. And they and and if they were another team, they could have time. The time is is probably the largest issue here. They are running out of time. I don't care that he's 21, 22 years old, play fifty. That twelve point one is coming, and we all know the tensions that this that's coming up. Uh, on this payroll and how much is that 12.1 actually yeah times eight yeah i mean it's like seven eight range you know depending on you know how much the rest you know you what cat what what other category it's all like the calculations always a little you basically talk about 90 million yeah if they're sticking to this they can't go to 425 or whatever the number turns out to be you can't keep draymond pool wiggins clay and steph if you have weissman you cannot do it and that's the thing that we've been talking about and that's you know they'll need more money off the books including you know just the 12.1 if they keep all the other guys and i think you might want to make that move now before you're you forced into it in july like in july it's like with two guns at your head and everybody knows they got to do it i guess they could do it in february the next february too but that thing's coming it is coming and it it's a locomotive coming down the tracks at 100 miles per hour and and I understand they're going to do everything possible to win this year. I get it. That's important. That thing's coming, and he's in the G League, and I don't see a path for him back. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Complicating matters is that Draymond is proving himself to be completely irreplaceable. If they thought that $27 million was coming off the cap, like it just can't now. There's just not a situation where you could say you want to win and you get rid of Draymond. Unless you got a great trade and you can match it and get something back that makes you feel better about it. But man, that's that twenty-seven might go higher. Mt. It might go higher beyond the fact that he just looks healthy and he's playing well. He's scoring, you know, more points per game than he has in a few years. 
he seems to be getting his leadership voice back. He's the one that I, I think really nudged Clay to improve the shot selection. He's the one who they have now entrusted to save the second unit, which he's done well. And, you know, we're behind the scenes. He's been like a really... You probably say delightful presence behind the scenes. I mean, he's he's very good, uh, you know, in interviews, you know, with the media and requests, and you know, we see him, you know, around his teammates. Like we understand what happened in the preseason and the lingering effects of that. But really, ever since the opener, which was awkward, we remember opening night against the Lakers. Obviously, the whole LeBron walking over to the bench situation. Like it did feel tense then. It was, but man, it's really thought out since. And you know, he's played it well to not only. Sh- you know, show how important he is on the court, but off the court. The way he's attacking the rim, the way he's finishing, I mean, his his three-point is up to about 33%, but just his aggressiveness, like just driving and going to the rim. Remember, there was a time where he wouldn't even look at the rim, and now he's just like, yeah, if, if, if I got a lane, I'm taking it. And it's opened up all kind of stuff. Right at a point where we thought maybe he might be on a decline, it feels like he's, you know, found something to where he's just as fast up and down the court and just as comfortable as he used to be. Oh man, what did he do to the Timberwolves big guys? Oh my god, that was <laughs> that was just textbook. Like how to how to run them off the court. And they got two of them. He would love to see them in a playoff series. <laughs> oh my god. One of the issues that we thought had was almost unsolvable for the Warriors the last couple seasons was you know playing Draymond and Looney together right the hot potato offense how do you have enough spacing there there was long stretches where it's just like you know it's just too crunched but Looney has gotten so much better and Draymond has solved some of the offensive issues that we're talking about that I mean they are part of the you know you know last night notwithstanding but they're part of the best lineup in the league by a country mile and you know as you peer toward the future a modern future that you figured can you really have two non-shooters on the floor yes is obviously the answer which means you can keep him around from a court perspective and then you know i look we should probably get into it but like the off-court stuff obviously the punch in preseason like that part of it felt very much mixed into why hit the end might be coming for him that's been I don't want to say fix, but he's put a pretty large Band-Aid over everything, it seems like. You got to give credit to Bob Myers and Steve Curry to some extent. Like they said, like, we'll get through this. We will get through this. Now, some of that, I think, was just hopeful thinking and didn't know for sure. And I sure was like, I'm, I don't know. Just It was that plus the, the money crunch, like those two things. And then Poole gets the big, con- you know, gets a bigger contract than we even imagined. Like all those things seem like, okay, they're putting themselves into a corner here. The way out of it is, is is not to have Draymond on the team after this season. I think two things. Like, Draymond's played great, has been so important. Steve Kerr puts him to fix the second unit. And you know what? Number 30's better than ever. And to, you know, we keep maximize Steph's prime. And it is only getting better. It's only getting longer. It's only getting more vital to the entire interest of the franchise. You need Steph with Draymond. Steph with Draymond. That's it. Like Steph by himself, if this if Draymond wasn't there it would be great to watch. It wouldn't you be You don't have a close yeah, alternative. Yeah. It's not like there's one thing that's kind of right. You have nothing near Well, Kaminga had a really do. good game in Dallas, so maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's Kaminga. It's Kaminga. <laughs> like it's Draymond and you know, people are going to get on me and have gotten on me and that's fine for like saying after the punch, like this really could be the you know this is the final stage of the relationship between Draymond and Warriors. He's 
altering that by the only way he could by playing freaking incredibly and being the lifeblood of what this team does Steph and Draymond Steph and Draymond and if Steph is going to be this great they're going to have a chance at the championship every season if the pieces are right around him and Draymond Green is Draymond the is ultimate, the piece yeah ultimate yeah. ultimate right piece around Steph Curry that's what I wrote about Lebron Kaminga I've compared Kaminga like just get a GP2 role they're very different players I think he's getting that but also like he's not Draymond, he's never gonna be Draymond. But look at what Draymond does. Just just do that, and you like Draymond does not look for a shot unless it's right there, and he he you know anticipates, he thinks through stuff, he goes out and defend and like the lanes, the angles. Again, very different players. But if Kamika could just look at that and go, man, that's a guy who is going to go in the Hall of Fame, and he doesn't look for a shot. Just does not look for his shot. This, this is a great thing for players to look at. And Draymond is, you know, embodies this. And, yeah, I mean, how do they go on without him? How, what if they didn't have him this year, MT? I mean, this would be not a good season if they didn't have Draymond Green. It's not a great one right now, but they can imagine it being great at the end. This would not be anything close to that without Draymond. Marcus, uh, Draymond always believed that, that, you know, given a season he could play his way back into the – basically the graces of the franchise that it's proven to be true. What's your just sense on the relationship with him and the organization at this point? First off, like there were several people in there who thought like we we can't lose Draymond. But obviously there are some people who thought this is this is pretty much it. But this is this is textbook Draymond. Like the the stakes have never been higher. The mistake has never been worse. But this is what he does. He always wins himself back. He always makes it back. In this situation, this was like the fourth quarter of doing that. You could tell he knew. You could tell the way he's acted. He knows exactly what he needed to do. And for the better part of almost two months, like he's done it. He's been a good player. He's been a good leader. He's been picking his spots, right? Like you see him next to Jordan Poole. You could tell he's like, working on that relationship he knows how to make himself invaluable you might be listening to a a, a piece coming here i'm like tk now talking to how about it happening you know by mid to late november you know i saw this potentially happening in my mind but when i envisioned it, i was like big playoff game where he proves you know invaluable i didn't think yeah by you know before thanksgiving he's basically solved it before mt here's what happened everyone else stunk Right. That's like if other players were good, they wouldn't have needed this much from Draymond. They needed this much from Draymond because Wiseman flamed out. Poole did not play well. Clay wasn't there at the beginning. They absolutely needed somebody else to say, okay, I'll step into this. And Draymond is a talented enough, smart enough committed enough players like okay this is where we need it i'll go do it that's why i think it happens. yeah so i would empty. i would say the easiest way to frame that would be they were losing and he's the ultimate winner and it was like what is the, the biggest problem in the organization stopped being internal chemistry things and started being like uh they need to win regular season <laughs> games yeah. yeah forget about this salary cap stuff let's just win games i know how to win regular season games let me let me take a bit more control here and that's what has happened really and 30 was like, yeah, let's have Draymond take some. He was like, you know what? I would like to win regular season games. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would well. like to win, fellas. I would like you to win. You know what? Win, I don't right? think I want to be in the play-in. Let's try to get that fourth or third seed. 
And, you know, I, I do think a big part of why these other players haven't been that good is because the bar is Draymond <laughs> for them, right? Like, it's like, hey, we need you to do these things, right? We need you to anchor our defense. We need you to help move the ball and set screens for Steph. And there's just simply nobody better at it. The bar is so high that if you take Draymond out of the equation, you need whoever it is to be great. They have to be great. Not like good, not like solid. Like that's that's who Draymond is. Like you said, if you got to win, you want Draymond. Like no matter what, if you got to win, you want Draymond. And he's proven it once again that what he does is not tangible and you hardly ever understand its value. Like he is just too valuable. I'm just thinking that Bob Myers presser, you know, what the day after and him struggling through it uh, in, you know, is in the Myers way, empathetic, reasonable, rational. And, but what was the main thing? I was like, they just need Draymond. Like they love Draymond. They know he screwed up. It's a thing they have to do, but they're not suspending him. They're not like, they're just going to handle it internally because guess what? They're better when Draymond's on board. They're, that's who they are. And sometimes I wander off on that one. I think there are people in the organization who are not so sure about that conclusion, especially with, again, not because of just the basketball, because of the money crunch. That's just, that's the big, huge thing out there. But if you want to win a championship, you want Draymond Green with you, period. And we are watching it happen so quickly. It changed. It's like, boop, you know what? Forget about all that. Draymond Green is too essential. And then they got to figure out. For I mean, Myers said it live, right? He was like, man, I want to win. Yeah, exactly. It's like, this <laughs> it, is... sound, it sounded wild at the time. And, like, again, man, and, and you know what? And other people think, you know, this James Wiseman, this Jonathan Kaminga, he's most moody. Like, I, and that was, it was sensible to think that because you didn't know. No, you it wasn't well, actually. You, you didn't it know. actually you wasn't didn't sensible to think these dudes will replace Draymond not, Green. Yeah, it was not that true. part, yes. I'm just saying that you could work some things with these guys. These guys could fill in some other things and other guys grow. Nope, not as good as number 23. And I'm willing to say that, that I have changed my perception of it. Again, not that Draymond wasn't great. I never said he wasn't great. I just said, jeez, man. They just signed Jordan Poole to $30 million a year. They made sure that they can't fit all these guys. Who's the most likely one not to be on this team next season? It's the guy who just punched Jordan Poole. They paid $30 million a year. I'm changing my mind on that one. <laughs> Publicly, right now, put it on whatever you want to. I'm changing my mind about that one. It happens. League Seasons change. Rosters, personalities, characters change. The relationships change. This team wants to win. The reporters should never change. We should stick with our takes, no matter what the, no matter what the new information never says. Change. Never change. I mean, what what this shows you though is what I think Draymond and them would have said from the beginning. Like champions are different. Like you don't just turn them over. This is what Andre Iguodala is talking about. You just don't breed a new crop. You can't just be like, oh, now we have new. Like these dudes are different. That's how you win four championships because they are champions. That means they're different. Here's another situation where these 30-year-old dudes are proving to you, it don't matter what you have, we are different. You can't just just grow new ones. Like, it's something about us. It's not like the production we do. Like, we're different. And to me, that's, Draymond just proved it again. And it's all the more reason why you just got to pay those dudes and you got to keep them. As long as they can win a championship, you got to ride with them. 
when they're good, they're because it is good. I mean, I mean, they're good. They're free. It's just like, and, and I'll put Kyle on. I mean, Kyle. I'm sorry. You just realized who I, I when I was texting you, just you, now. Where are you going next? Yeah. Where are you going Something's next? Something's on my mind here about a story I'm doing. Uh, but like, this, is, this is, I'll put Clay in this group too. Like, it, it's a little more off and on with him, but he's a winner. These guys are winners. They're going to be. This, there's a reason why Curtis says I am not pulling Clay out of the starting lineup. I'm not pulling out of him out of closing lineup. This is the group that we ride with. And at some point it won't be, but it is now. And it just keeps coming up again. And uh, I, I was telling somebody, it's like, I sometimes, I've covered these guys their entire careers. And sometimes, and I know it and I've written it. And sometimes I forget it. Like I do forget how special this is and how much they need it. I sometimes think about like, okay, it could be a little bit different. Nope. And they thought it could be a little bit different, right? The second unit, pick and roll, Jordan Poole, James Wiseman. It'll, you can play it differently, and that's okay. And then you go back. Nope. You got to play it the way they play it because it's the right way to play. And as long as they got Draymond and Steph Curry, this is the way you got to play. I mean, you can look at this in, in the postseason too, right? Like, if you look at these, like, who, what teams scare you if you're talking about the, if you're the Warriors? Like, the the teams that scare you the most, New Orleans. Are the, the, the New Orleans? I don't know if New Orleans scares them in the playoff series. I don't know. There's a lot of talent. Like like there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of talent. Memphis got a Memphis lot of talent. Memphis is the other one. You know, I've always thought always think Memphis. Yeah, right. But like, if they play the Bucks, you're like, they can't beat the Bucks. Like, part of it is like you gotta have a champion on the other side to beat these dudes. Boston would not be fun for them. Boston's been through it though, right? Boston is like like they've been through it. Uh, but to, like you stand on the other side of Steph, Draymond, and Clay, you have to be somebody different. You can't just be a good team, right? You can't just be talented. These dudes have something extra. They they show it in the playoffs. Like th- that's why you pay him. That's why you pay him as long as you as you can. This is what Andre is talking about. Like you just these aren't hybrids you created. Like these particular guys are unique in NBA history. You don't just replace that. And maybe that that is what makes it harder for these other guys to grow because they're playing next to dudes who will go to the Hall of Fame, right? Like, like that's crazy. That's a crazy high bar to cut your teeth on. Not everybody can do that. We're watching Jordan Poole struggle with it now. Like, it is hard to do. They didn't do it. Like the guys we're talking about, they didn't cut their teeth next to Hall of Famers, like, <laughs> right? That, that that's a, that's that's tough to do. It takes a certain certain breed. Anthony Namoro not getting the Hall of Fame. I'm not sure. Maybe Corey McGetty. Corey McGetty <laughs> might get there. <laughs> uh, never mind. Don't want to be me. And, and look who worked. Look who worked the best when they came. Like Kevin Durant. Like one of them guys. Right. Like. <laughs> well, Andre. Andre. I mean, like Andre too. Yeah. One of them yeah. guys. Right. Yeah. Like. That to me, this is uh, the greatest underscoring of what we already knew, and like the w- another emphatic reason why these dudes are just different, man. And the fa- I think that the Warriors just have to realize that and cut their losses. Like you can't do it now. Like whatever you thought, it's over. You got to pay these guys. That's why I think they're moving Wiseman before the deadline. I don't know that, and they have to wait a while. But I, that's why I think they're moving Wiseman. Yeah, I mean, I think they are going to give that uh, more time to marinate and, 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 you know, 
give the situation in Santa Cruz more time to play itself out and see how good he can become. And also, like, I don't think they're going to make a panic move. I don't think they're sitting there going, it something has to be done before February. Whatever the best option is, you know, move off of it. Because I, my guess is they're going to look at what the options to do with a guy that they selected second overall just a couple of years ago is and probably not find as appealing as they would be hoping from a value perspective. So I could see that extended beyond, to be honest. Is it not possible to, like, the best thing to do is to try to get him to be a backup center and see see what happens in the offseason? Then they're, then they're sitting or staring at $12.1 million. <laughs> and then they're possibly stuck with him. Like desperate yeah. to dump yeah, it. They're yeah. desperate to dunk him, and that's, then that's not a good situation. Possible, but not a good situation. And that's like, what do you do with the rest of the payroll? It's just, as I've said, like, it's not just him. They would have to, to get rid of, to get under this, you know, 425, whatever number we're looking at. There would be other things they would have to do. So they kind of need to start thinking about that, like now. Like this is, if you're going to stick with all their big guys that were making 20, you know, 6 million a year and more, and some way more, you got to do it now. At least think about it. It doesn't mean you have to start breaking it up now, but you got to start thinking about it now. Because I don't think that was the plan. I think the plan, you know, the general plan was to be off of one of these 27, 30, $33 million guys next season. And that's not looking too workable, right? So you have to start thinking about it. They can play it out. I'm, I'm not saying you must, must, must do it now. I think it's the best way, though. I think it's just like it gives you some flexibility. You take a step backwards in talent, but you got Kaminga. Like it's not like you're dousing the two timeline thing. You do have Kaminga. You might have Moody. We'll see what happens with Baldwin and Rollins. But then also to the Slater point, like you've got some empty roster spots here. What happens when guys start getting injured? Then you're playing. You know what? What is it? They got an eleven-man roster basically, and you count the two ways. It's thirteen. But then a couple guys get hurt. And then you're just desperate for guys who can play any, you know, give you any minutes. And you've got all these empty roster spots because Kerr's not going to play Rollins and Baldwin in any important minutes. Like, that's an issue. And, and one of the other guys is who could get him minutes is in Santa Cruz. And I don't see a, a clean path for him to get back up. This is just, these, all these things are blowing around. Don't, do not have to decide them immediately, but they're going to have to decide them at some point. Marcus, you want to get us out of here? In the words of Tupac Shakur, if you lie, you die. Goodbye. Later.